This episode is dedicated to the loving memory of Maria Booker. Maria passed away in a car accident on Sunday, June 4th, 2023, returning home from giving her time to help others. Her life, light, and vibrance are sorely missed by the Pixis Drone team and by all of us here at the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. In this, her final interview, please take a moment to send a thought or a prayer to her family and the Pixis Drone team in this tough time. Links to ways to help support the memory of Maria are included in the show notes of this episode. You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer here with Bart Kaler. Today, we are going to bring to you the idea of drone shows. Yes, drone shows that can be of impact within higher ed. Bart, if you can give us a sense of what our conversation is about today. We're talking with Pixis Drone Shows and the team at East Tennessee State University. I came across something about Pixis on LinkedIn one day, and I just wanted to learn more about it. And so when I ended up talking with Martin, who he'll be on the podcast with us, he was like, oh yeah, we've done you know work with a lot of higher ed institutions. In fact, you know, East Tennessee State was one of our recent ones. And so we invited them all to come on the podcast to talk about that experience, because I think it's one of those ideas that, that I get excited about because you know I've yet to see my own drone show for the first time yet. And so I'm fascinated by this and I'm always fascinated by new ideas. And so I think they do a great job kind of unpacking, you know, what is a drone show? How does that work? But then also how do ETSU use it specifically for their needs? And, and it's just a great conversation. So I'm excited to share that. Yeah. The description of the impact it made both from the campus standpoint, but the community, I think is enough yeah. for everyone to really pay attention. Here's our conversation with East Tennessee State University and Pixis Drones. We are excited to jump into our conversation around drone shows and how higher ed can benefit from that. To get started, I have a few guests to help us with the conversation. So Martin, if you would, if you can introduce yourself and help us learn about the team from Pixis. Absolutely. My name's Martin Cott. I'm the VP of Sales at Pixis. And joining us today is Maria Booker, who's our chief of staff. She's also our creative kryptonite. She leads the creative process with our client. And Ethan Delinsky, who supports me on the sales team at Pixis. Thank you. We also have members from East Tennessee State University. Leah, can you start us off with introducing yourselves? My name is Leah Adenolfi. I serve as the Dean of Student Engagement at ETSU and work alongside Joy Fulkerson, who's with us today. She is our Director of Leadership and Civic Engagement. Thank you. Today's topic is highlighting drone shows and how it could benefit higher ed. And I think a number of us have seen videos of the magnificence that these drone shows have, but would like to 
ask Martin if you can kind of introduce us formally to this, and then we will dive into how it can benefit higher ed in a big way. Martin? You're right. Most people have seen a drone show on TV, maybe on the web. They've seen one at the Olympics, maybe the Super Bowl, maybe a major sporting event, and they've been mesmerized, correct? A drone show, in essence, is lights in the sky, and those lights tell a story. So they're particularly adept in terms of uh, portraying a brand, a product, a service, and in this case, a school. Uh, They're very unique because they dominate the night sky and really connect back to the audience. Very few people to date have seen a drone show, but it's very similar to your first music concert. Mm. We all remember which band or which act we saw first. I'm not going to embarrass myself by telling you mine, but the same will happen with a drone show. When you see your first drone show in person, it is like goosebump TV in the sky. You will remember that for the rest of your life. That's really interesting to me. And I, I guess, Maria, I'm going to ask you for a second. The idea of you know putting together a drone show, I mean, certainly we've all seen fireworks and we see how fireworks work. I mean, there's a certain pattern to that and that's been kind of the, the way it's done, you know, the big finale at the end. I think we can all predict that. But there's got to be, I mean, there's a whole different methodology in, in putting together a drone show. Tell us a little bit about what that takes and, and the options that you have when you're creating such a show. Yeah, absolutely. It's mostly, um, you know, a digital render, essentially. So you see what you're going to actually fly before it goes up in the air. But it's an entire creative process. Thoughts of what that looks like in the sky, the audience that you're entertaining, the music that could accompany it. Um, You want to get the vibe right, obviously, of what you're flying Mm -hmm. and who you're flying that for. As you've all been doing that, um, Ethan, what do you kind of recognize as kind of the way that a lot of, I mean, whether it's higher ed or anyone that you're working with, what are some of the things that people walk away with, the, the benefit that they say, boy, what is that emotion that a lot of times those, those crowds walk away with? It's a storytelling aspect of it. And, and Maria puts together that story so well that, you know, there's a clear beginning, a nice culminating moment in the beginning, and then a nice transition at the end. So you're really walking away. With, with a great story in mind, and, and it's just such an experience, such a new thing. A lot of people don't know what's happening up there. They don't recognize that each of those specks in the sky is a drone, and it's its own pixel creating a, a bigger image. So it's all the emotion that goes into seeing a drone show. And especially if you see that for the first time, you, you walk away. It's just a great experience. I'll add to that. Part of it is the precision of the drones in the sky. When you see two, three, 500 drones all move in unison at different speeds from one image to the next at this massive canvas, it it's just mesmerizing. We can also utilize unlimited colors and produce almost any shape. So there's a sense of anticipation in terms of what you're seeing and then just a sense of wonder about how the drones are doing that. So we actually get after a show, one of the things we're kind of used to is actually getting calls, typically from a local police department, who miles <laughs> away, people are going, what was that? Was it a UFO? Was it? And and it's just something which really, it just, I think it's a light. It lights up people. It lights up their hearts, their minds. It provides mm-hmm. a really raw emotional connection, which is, which is something I think people are looking for today. 
Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that connection is something that's so valuable, especially as we talk about higher ed marketing and the different stakeholders that we have. Did want to unpack just for a second because both you and Ethan made a comment, and and I know Maria's well involved in this too. You talked about different size shows, so help our listeners understand that you know there's 200, 300, 500. What does that mean? What does that mean in the way of, of the way shows work? It's a great question because not all light shows are equal. They, it is an experience. So we really start the conversation. And we did this with Leah and Joy in terms of what their objectives are. Who is the audience? What is their messaging? And how can we bring that to life? So a part of, I think, our secret source is understanding the not just the thematic of the event itself, but also the those underlying emotional connections and then finding those images finding that story arc and occasionally leading into lighting, audio, video, or other supplemental forms of uh, technology to help bring that to life. So I think the answer is it's not necessarily about the number of drones. It really is about the messaging in the sky. Thank you, Martin, and your team to give us the foundation that we're going to move forward with how this can impact higher ed and would like to ask Joy from ETSU, I think it was your brainchild or your vision on how to bring this to ETSU. So can you describe for our listeners what that was? And then we can all kind of chime in on what the result of this project was. I was really looking for an opportunity to bring our campus together. So we were looking to host an event that would bring students, faculty, staff, even community members together um, at the sort of beginning of the semester as a way to uh, sort of unify and uh, demonstrate visually some community and um, had spent some time at a local theme park just a few weeks before and had seen a beautiful drone show in the sky and just, again, some of the energy and, and emotion, the, the chills kind of things that Martin even spoke about is what I experienced uh, with friends and uh, hundreds of thousands of folks there and um, really just wanted to have that on our campus. And so as we were thinking about that event, you know, lots of little logistics, but the idea of this drone show and then, you know, um, shared it with some team folks. And of course, it's like, let's see if we can make it happen. And I made a call and um, reached out to Pixus and um, Martin called me back and we talked through some things and um, it was just the beginning of a, a great relationship. That's great, Joy. And I love the fact that you talked about it as kind of from that uh, community standpoint, um, you know, the idea of bringing the community together. And I think that works really well with what was talked about earlier with this idea of story and storytelling and story arcs, but doing that as a community. And I know that's one of the big things, especially with Generation Z is the idea of doing things together. Leah, maybe you can talk a little bit about what was the impact of that community at, at East Tennessee? I mean, how did that work out for your community? The goals certainly were achieved, and I think that they probably were achieved at a, at a higher level or a, a higher volume than might have taken place had we not had the drone show. The drone show was something that, you know, people were curious. They wanted to see what what is this? What's this going to look like? And so it ended up bringing out not just 
a large number of students and faculty and staff, but faculty and staff brought their children and the, and there were community members who brought their lawn chairs and set up in the space. And, and it really just did have this really wonderful community um, uh, atmosphere to it. We, we paired this with a lot of other activities going on, sort of building up to the drone show with the drone show being the grand finale. We've used things like fireworks in the past to, to have that sort of impact at, at athletic events or at, at other community festival type events that we've had on campus. The wonderful thing about a drone show is that you don't have the noise. And, and, and I will say just, um, from knowing from our care team and the student affairs team that sometimes those fireworks shows can negatively impact some individuals on campus. They can have a, a negative reaction to those. Um, and this was just something so, so different and so beautiful. And, you know, unlike with a fireworks show, we really could tell a story. And that was, I think, the thing that surprised me the most about how much could be done with the pictures in the sky um, and the storyboard that, that came about and, and how we were able to really demonstrate the unity of our, of our campus and the kind of images that mean something to us on this campus. It was really beautiful. And I do think it had exactly the, the effect that we were hoping for. Joy, how did you and Maria work together on that? I mean, did you give her key words that you wanted to talk about? Did you talk about, hey, this is a story that's common to all of us in our community? Just maybe you and you and Maria could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, we sort of t- learned from Maria and, and Martin a little bit about, you know, how many images, some words, those kind of things. So we developed a list of some just ideas from the beginning with our team and then shared those and then I think had a couple of calls and really talked through that, you know, and everything from our mascot and how students identify with the mascot. And even in terms of some poses, the dress of the mascot was incorporated. Um, This particular event ended up being also uh, our observance of the International Day of Peace. And um, again, as we were looking to have an event and um, with several different kinds of activities, we were able to incorporate this peace crane, uh, this crane image into the drone show as well. And we ended our evening with a candlelight moment of reflection and that was incorporated into the drone show. And so, you know, colors, um, ETSU is in the beautiful mountains, mountains wear part, blue and gold. It just turned out to be really a wonderful, wonderful show. I I can just sort of see myself out on our lawn. We set up this show so that it could be seen from a new space that we have on our campus. And so folks were gathered, you know, blankets and chairs and had some refreshments. And it just was, you know, the weather was perfect. And, you know, I think we all heard folks say, ooh, and ah, and, you know, just the response was wonderful. I just wanted to add too. I think that you know, from a higher ed student affairs sort of standpoint, we've been concerned about the mental health of our students. Sort of an epidemic that is occurring across the country ever since COVID, and the need for our students to have some interaction with each other in person and be able to just be part of community. This year is the first year that has felt like we're back to to relative 
normality in terms of our student activities and student engagement pieces. And this was so early in the year. This gave us so much hope for this year, and it has turned out to be a wonderful year in terms of student engagement. Our numbers are back up. But this event really was so early in the semester in the fall that it kind of it kind of set the tone for the whole year. And that was wonderful. Tone setting, that storytelling, that, you know, the ability of it of it being peaceful and having the candlelight at the end sounds really amazing. Maria, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, obviously this is one show that that met a need for, for East Tennessee. Tell me about some of the other things that you're asked to do sometimes. I mean, are they are they mascots? Are they, you know, what are some of those other elements and stories that that come across? I always tell Joy and Leah, you know, this was one of my favorite shows that we've ever made. The crane in particular was just amazing. As Joy alluded to, we had a crane. It was a symbol of peace and it started from a heart that and like it folded just like origami. That concept is translates well into other shows that we do, right? A lot of people come saying, we want something different. We want something that people are going to ooh and all over. We want something that like you wouldn't believe drones could make. The concept of folding paper by using light dots is, is very abstract. This was a very kind of internal community, right, show for ETSU. So we had a lot of imagery that focused on the togetherness of the campus and how that campus was at the broader community. I think if we took that a step further, some of the clients we work with want to include, you know, start with the broader community and like the impact that the campus has there for everyone else who lives in a small, you know, state or a small college town or something like that. I think that what's so wonderful about drone shows is, you know, a client comes to us and like I said, with the crane, we get a request for something Um, and the clients that we work with, they know their brands, they know their audience inside and out. And we can take that input that they give us with the must-haves, the need-to-haves, the desires there, think about it kind of outside the box and translate it into something new that in addition to the medium of drone shows is going to be really compelling to the audience and in provide a new way of looking at the brand or the community that they're a part of. Yeah, what was really cool about Drone Show, I think, is again, you know, sort of storyboarding with uh, Maria and then sort of her putting some pieces to graphic and then coming back to us and just having those conversations and being able to to tweak a few things and to really make it ours. I think that was something that I really appreciated is really just that relationship and them being responsive to our needs and trying to help us achieve our goals. Well, Joy, thank you. And from what you're describing, I guess I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Would you do it again? I think we would do it again. I think um, it had an impact that we've not been able to replicate really since having the drone show. So, I mean, it's just a, a different form of telling our story And it's so dramatic and so beautiful that I I do think that it's something that we'll do again. And you've all talked about the beauty of the drone show and a lot of things. And I just want to make sure everybody understands that it's it's a multi-sensory type of engagement. I mean, we've talked about the idea of, you know, being able to look up in the sky and see these amazing lights moving around. But I think someone mentioned a little bit earlier about music and some of the other effects that, that are part of that. Leah, maybe you can just kind of talk a little bit about what were some of those other elements that that ETSU utilized and 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 then maybe Maria, you can just kind of talk about the different ways that you do that. So the music is part of the fun too. And we had a really good time 
listening to some different songs and thinking through, okay, what's the what's the vibe we want to have here? You know, what do, what do we want this to feel like? Do we want to to bring people upbeat? Do we want people dancing? Do we want people thinking about their sense of place and where we are in the state? And and we kind of incorporated all of that. So we used artists from the state, including Dolly Parton. Um, we use music that is popular to our students specifically. So there are a couple songs that, you know, you cannot go to, to a bar or a party and not hear at, around Johnson City, Tennessee. We, we, we use some songs that just had the message that we were looking for, which was that we are all one. We are together. We, you know, and that there, there's a place for you here. And so we, we tried to incorporate that aspect with the music that really rounded out the whole experience and made it a total a total sensory experience for everyone. It, it, it was a lot of fun to do it. Our event happened to be on September 21st and Maria came to the table with, a, you know, just the perfect, <laughs> perfect contribution to our drum show. So it's extremely special, extremely special. With Earth, Wind and Fire, September, <laughs> I mean, you can't have a show on the 21st and not use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's exactly right. Obviously, soundtrack is a big part because music is a big part of our life. And I love the fact that Leah kind of talked about the customization of the location of, 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 of ETSU and being able to utilize those different elements. But even there, I mean, you're, you're pulling in. I'm sure you can do narration. I'm sure there's a lot of different ways that you can incorporate those different sensory elements. Staying in the realm of sound, we can do intro narration. We can do in show narration we can close out a show with some narration or some great you know talking points um one thing we haven't talked a lot about in terms of how we create dimensionality plays a big role so depending on where the audience is standing and in the primary viewing location 360 rotation of each of the elements so that people get a full panoramic view of what that like the scale of a drone show um, and, and of the images that are in the sky is really important and then light effects. So there's two ways that we can work with the drones. We can either physically move them from point A to point B, which is magnificent to watch, or we can create the appearance of movement or the illusion of movement by cascading the lights or turning the lights off and on. Um, we have several lighting effects that we can use. All of those, especially when they're timed to sound at the right BPM, play a really important role. I would also add that we have integrated drone technology with other forms of lighting, primarily intelligent lighting. Uh, we can also integrate to LED wearables, such as wristbands or lanyards. And we have produced shows integrating video technology with 4D projection mapping, even a hologram. So we see future growth on a technology basis where we integrate audio, lighting, video, and even augmented reality to bring the show back down to the audience and then back up again. At this point, we're limited by battery life, but we see a future within six months to 18 months where we'll be able to have fully 360-degree immersive experiences where it will really captivate every single sense of a person. 
I was able to find an example of this particular show on YouTube and really enjoyed it. Martin, are there other examples or uh, ways, other schools that you've worked with, maybe football games? I could see this working perfectly for a a nighttime halftime show at a football game for a, a D1 college. We've worked with a number of different colleges and to your point, not just on the student life side, but also on the athletic side. So we're actually talking to one university now about putting a drone show above their stadium when their high profile prospects come in at the start of the football season. So there's definitely a variety of ways a drone show can be integrated or incorporated uh, onto a college. Just seeing the excitement that Joy and Leah have brought in from from ETSU, I'm just thinking about some of the marketing teams that I know that have been on the show or other people. I think that if you were to able just to kind of unleash some ideas on on your campus, and and I think that there's just a an amazing amount of creativity and opportunity here, and I could see this being used, like Troy said, at at, at half times. It could be used for homecomings. It could be used for, you know, visit days uh, where you have students coming on campus. A lot of different things, and and Martin, I like the the idea too that it's it's because of the different amount of drones that you might have in a show. I mean, I'm sure that there's, you know, small, medium, large sizes that that different schools can can come into. It's not like a one size fits all type of thing. And to your point, it's not just football. I think we've worked with almost every sport league. We're actually working now on a pickleball drone light show. We recently did a show for the Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville, Tennessee, just around the corner from ETSU. And that actually had a, obviously, a fishing theme to it. So I think a part of the wonder and the beauty, and I think Maria and Ethan will echo the sentiment, is that every client is unique. Every show is customized. And and having the ability to work with such wonderful people as Leah and Joy and our other clients really... You know, it, it it's a very people person in many respects service that we provide. And it's one which is very motivational because we see that effect. We see the applause. We see the joy. No pun intended, joy. <laughs> and, 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 and it's a very, <laughs> very cool. Thank you. I believe we've done a wonderful job of painting a picture of the possibilities that we have here. Martin, are there any final thoughts from you or any of your team members that you would like to put forth before we close our episode? I think part of our messaging, which is why when Joy called, uh, I I was so excited, is that drone shows are accessible. They are affordable. And, you know, when you think about creating an experience, absolutely have it within your consideration mindset. We are seeing a generational shift away from fireworks and drone shows offer that both ecological, but also, you know, sensory sensitive environment where people can come together as a community uh, and enjoy a spectacle. Thank you very much. And either Joy or Leah, from the school's perspective, are there any final thoughts that either one of you would have? When we first started this whole process, I would not have thought that it was accessible. I like that word that you used, Martin, because 
this is not something I would have any idea where to begin trying to put together, right? There are a lot of logistical details that have to be dealt with in terms of um, notifications and permits and working with our local police and public safety and even the, the folks at the hospital who have you know, flights coming in to save lives, you know, all that has to be coordinated. All these things have to be coordinated, finding the space to stage it, looking at the space where it is best viewed, all of these logistics that I had no idea about and would not have known where to start. But I, I'll tell you, these folks know what they're doing. Um, and it was, it was turnkey for us. It was, it was easy. They made it easy and they made it very, very accessible for our campus so that we could we could make something this this kind of innovative and, and cool happen on our campus. So so it is something that any institution could do. Excellent. We thank each and every one of you for participating today, for Joy and Leah, for our marketers that would like to get a personal perspective in your opinion on how this transpired. Would you mind offering your contact information so someone could reach out to you? Um, would welcome the opportunity to talk about sort of how this came to be, and it'll get us thinking about the next opportunity to have a drone show on our campus. Folks can find me at our ETSG website. My email address is F-U-L-K-E-R-S-J at ETSU.edu, and I'm on social media as well. So folks can find me, Joy Fulkerson. Thank you. And Leah? As well, you can find me on the website, etsu.edu email Adinolfi. It's spelled A-D-I-N-O-L-F as in Frank I at etsu.edu. I'd be happy to, to talk with anyone interested. My guess is Martin would be the contact person for Pixis directly. Martin, would you please share your contact info? I can be reached at mcod, which is C-O-D-D, at pixisdrones.com. You can also reach me via our website and also via my LinkedIn. Thank you. And I would encourage our listeners to go out and research and see some of the videos, especially the East Tennessee State version of this, and you won't be sorry. And I think your ideas and your wheels will be turning as well. Bart, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to point out, I really loved this conversation because I think it's one of those conversations that is probably new for a lot of people. And it's one of those things that I think, unfortunately, in higher ed, I think we kind of go back to the same well a lot of times to do the same things. I think that's one of the challenges in higher ed is that we've done it that way. Why would we do it differently? And I think this is a great example of how maybe taking a little bit of a risk and doing something a little bit differently can make a big payoff. And I know that Joy and Leah kind of talked about that and and just the uh, the joy that they had with the, uh, the, the, the amount of people that were there. I'm sure that this has been talked about. I'm sure that when you know, board meetings come up, they're talking about that. And and there's a lot of really good positive things that can come out of sometimes doing things a little bit differently and and trying something new. And so I think that that's a really good um, takeaway for today. Really appreciated Martin and Leah both talking about the accessibility of this, just the idea that, you know, this, this might not be something that you think is on the top shelf, that maybe some of the smaller schools can reach that shelf to be able to do something very creative and, and unique and differentiating and uh, be sure to include the entire community. I mean, I love that point of, of ETSU and the fact that they were 
intentionally trying to figure out how to not only serve their current students, but also pull in the community, pull in alumni, pull in prospective students. There's a lot of ways that these types of opportunities can be done. So I think the sky's the limit. You are so clever, Bart, with your little (laughs) pun at the end. Thank you so much. Everyone, the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, providing double-digit increases in lifting yield via targeted digital ads directly to your mailing lists. On behalf of Bart Kaler, our friends at Pixis and ETSU, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. <laughs>